position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, special friends. Welcome to episode number 26 of the Best Linux Games podcast. Uh, this is being recorded uh, on uh, 2015-04-17 at 7.18 in the morning. And it's basically a make good, I guess, for um, the fact that right now, uh, for this week, uh, and it's for the week of uh, April 25th, for that Saturday... Um, but right now I'm in, uh, I'm at Linux Fest Northwest out there in Bellingham, beautiful Bellingham, Washington. Um, absolutely gorgeous. Hope that you're there with me, actually. Um, and, uh, I'm unable to actually record a podcast. So we're doing this one a week early and it'll probably be released the same time as episode two as episode number 25, but by virtue of these facts, we cannot have our normal format. I know, it has been denied. Our normal format has been cancelled. Oh, oh, the misery. Um, so, what I've decided to do instead is, uh, share a, uh, couple of reviews and 
longer form reviews actually let's open up steam here what the fuck is going on um of two of my favorite well a couple of my favorite titles and um uh a couple you know one or two uh tricks for steam that i've discovered um new ones not not we're not talking about like how to remotely install stuff um we're talking about other things but anyway uh so it's it's going to be a good show, but anyway, it's not going to be what you normally expect. So, first of all, our first miniature review, well, it's not even a miniature review, it's actually just a review, a straight-up review. One of the best games that I have played uh, this, you know, since I started this podcast, like, almost a thousand years ago. Oh, I'm sorry, it just feels like a thousand years No. <laughs> kidding <laughs> i do i do kid i i kid i kid a lot um one of my favorite games literally one of my favorite games that i have played since i started this podcast uh i guess oh, wow we're over six months now um one per week uh has been uh reassembly r-e-a-s-s uh, oh God. Yeah, reassembly. R e a s s e m b l y. And what reassembly is is very complicated, but super simple. If you like Lego, then you like reassembly. What happens in reassembly is you build, you design your ship from a core, and it it's as simple as snap tight Legos. I mean, it is so simple. Um. And then you gather resources to unlock more, um, to either lock, unlock more parts for your ship or upgrades for your ship. And the thing about reassembly is that, like, your thrusters, that, okay, so your hull is just mass. It doesn't weigh in on the number of points, which are kind of like your level. You have like a certain number of points that you can put into a ship. So, like, you can't just, like, put in a 500, an arbitrary number of, of, uh, laser blasters or whatever. You have a number of points, and you have to balance those points against a careful number of considerations, including thrust. Hull does not count towards those points, but hull does count towards your mass. Hull also makes it harder for people to destroy you. Um, you have infinite lives, more or less, and you gather resources either by destroying your enemies or by literally sucking up, um, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, almost like, uh, stuff that's, like, sent out by space enemies, Um, just, like, little, um, little blips of energy, you know, blah. And you have energy harvesters and, you know, blah. The genius of reassembly is that at a certain level, and it's not controlled by, like, a level. It's not, like, a, you know, a, a lockstep thing. At a certain point, you begin playing the game on a much greater level than you were when you started. So it's kind of like what Spore wanted to be, but... Oh yeah, and you can constantly reassemble your ship. And you and the, the reassembly engine, like the whole way that you do that, is ingenious. It's so simple. It's a click-drag, and you just, you know... 
bam, snap this onto there and that onto there. What happens though is after like, I'm 23 hours into the game. I haven't played it in about a month, which sucks because I wish I could spend more time with reassembly. But I, I did log those 23 hours in like, I don't know, a fucking three day period, which give you some idea of how unbelievably addictive this game is. But at a certain point, you'll start installing factories on your ships. And what that means is instead of like returning the resources that you gather to central hubs that you, you discover on the randomly generated map, you will now become a hub, which means you spawn your own ships. So this is like, you know, once you become a capital ship. Um, and what that means is you can spawn ships that have their own factories that can also spawn their own ships. So you become like almost bacterial and endemic. What's even better though is the ships that other people design. Oh yeah. And then you have like fleet management aspects to it. So you can have like, you know, one gigantic cap ship called like, you know, the Doombringer or whatever. And then you can have like 15 different sub designs of smaller ships that that ship can spawn ranging from, you know, whatever class definition you want to call them, like, you know, cruisers, dreadnoughts, destroyers, you know, whatever the fuck you want to, whatever you want to think of them as frigates, fighters, resource gatherers, um, whatever, or sub factories, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. And it all happens so easily. Normally I'm intimidated by a game like this because it sounds complicated. It is so easy that like literally you'll boot it up and seven hours later you'll be like oh my god it's been seven hours and then seven hours after that you'll be like fuck i have to get up for work and then three hours after that you're like i'm late for work that is how good reassembly is it's one of the best games that i have i've played um so yeah one of the coolest things though is there there are these warp points warp holes which sounds like a porn, but don't worry about it. Just, just, just roll with it. The warp holes are your friends. Um, there are these warp points, and also they're major enemies that you fight. Um, but anyway, bottom line is, um, all of the enemies from Reassembly are taken from other people who are just like you. Um, other people's ships that they have designed. Um, and they're just all, you know, this is a completely anonymous, democratic, you know, well, I don't know about democracy. It's a fascist system, but it's completely anonymous. It doesn't say who developed what. Um, and in this sense, it's almost free and open source development, the game, because there are significant, significant differences, um, in terms of like design approaches. My design approach to anything in this game is so far off the map in terms of like what other people, but, my design approaches are more functional in certain ways than other people's design approaches, which are also more functional in certain ways than my design approach is not. Um, and so what you end up is this endless variety of endlessly expanding um, self... Um, so, what do you call it? So, uh, not self-regenerating, but self... Um, well, yeah, I guess self-generating is fine. It's it's an endless pool of just constant, you know, blah. And everything that you fight is, like, kind of ranked to you in terms of, like, how long you've played the game and stuff. I'm not entirely sure if that's exactly true 100% because there are some some guys that I found that are just, like, fucking impossible. And 
it's amazing. It's really an accomplishment. Um, I talked, uh, I, I was lucky enough to get an email back, um, a couple of weeks ago after, um, a similar game came out. I, I wrote the guy who designed Reassembly, uh, Mr. Danskin, um, and that's literally his name. I, I'm sorry, but that's his name. I can't help, I can't help that his last name is Danskin. Um, but he's a fucking genius, and he designed it after, uh, this, one game called like Captain Fantastic or whatever, or Captain Forever. What the hell? Captain Forever. And they just came out with a Captain Forever remix. But Reassembly is entirely different from Captain Forever. And is absolutely one of the best games that I've played. Uh, it's way up there. It's, it's infinite and it's not just infinite on like a, on a superficial level. It's infinite on like, you can spend hours just designing something that looks cool. You can spend hours designing something that's like just got an insane amount of armor. You could spend hours designing something that uh is undefeatable in the automated um robot test arena, which is great, which just pits your ship, the ship that you currently have selected, against uh I think it's five or six individually, round robin, um against five or six other user-created ships that are in your weight class. So you can see just how good your ship actually is. And it's very useful. It takes like, you know, a minute and a half. There's no load times. It's, 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 it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It, can I, can I, can I gush more? Can I say it's brilliant again? It is totally worth the $15 that they're charging for it. Um, I heartily recommend you get reassembly. Um, let's make sure that it's, cause I got it back in the day when it was in early access and it was like 30 bucks, but no, yeah, it's, it's $15, $14.99. It is fabulous. Builds itself as a spaceship building and universe exploration game. Uh, collect resources, expand and grow your fleet and conquer your personal galaxy. Um, magnificent game and absolutely beautiful it's i can there are very few games okay here this is this will be the conclusion of my review of reassembly there are very few games that i can think of off the top of my head i judge games the same way and i've been i've been a games journalist for a long fucking time um over a decade uh and i've been playing games for longer than that i'm you know i'm an old motherfucker I judge games by the same way that I judge movies. And the way I judge movies is, is there anything that I would change or have done differently or that could have been done differently uh, to improve the movie? This is especially true in really horrible movies. But in terms of games, this is a very good rubric to have. What would I have done differently? Or where did they come up short? And maybe why did they come up short? Like, you know, was it like a release, a release schedule thing? Was it a budget and marketing thing? Was it a complexity thing? Was it a UI thing? You know, blah. There are very few games that I can think of, um, off the top of my head, very few, in which I would change absolutely nothing. Reassembly is way up there on that list. Uh, as we, as they say in baseball, 
Um, he might not be in the, uh, in, 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 uh, in my all time greatest, but he's up there at the top of that, that list. And it's not a long list. Um, reassembly. So go get reassembly. It's 15 bucks. Up next in our little review. Uh, well, up next, let's, let's, let's talk about something that's very simple, very stupid. And this is a, a tip on how to use Steam better and more effectively. This, I don't know if it's particularly relevant to, you know, all five of our listeners. <laughs> oh, I love you all. Um, but this is super fucking useful to me. If you click on your library in the Steam client, you know, you click on the library icon at the top. And then you select, you know, either using control clicks or shift clicking between the, uh, the games that are in your list. And then you right click on, let's say you have a, a bunch of them, or you can do this with one game. It says remove from, well, for me, it says remove from favorites because I'm in my favorites, but somewhere in that, that, uh, pop up menu, when you right click on them, will be a magic little item that says set categories. If only I had known that this existed when I started this podcast, because I burn through games. I have to, because every week, and this is the greatest thing about Steam and the greatest thing about Linux and Steam and the greatest thing about if you like games and being alive today, I burn through games. I have to, because there's too many of them that are constantly coming out. And this is a weekly podcast, so it's just a fucking nightmare. Um, I'm, I'm amazed that like, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm amazed that we've been doing as well as we have for as long. I mean, you know, with, anyway, and I have to do deals. Everything has to be contemporary. Um, and of those deals that I find, I want to buy them. And so I buy them. And then that just gets added to this endless slush pile. It's not a slush pile. It's just an endless fucking list of games that I have that either I want to play or that, you know, blah. Up until today, I've been just adding them to my favorites and then removing them when they're out of my review queue or whatever, which kind of sucks because I can't find the games that in the, you know, the fucking 30 minutes I have a week to actually, you know, spend playing something other than Counter-Strike. I mean, uh, spend other, other than actually playing games that are, you know, being looked at for, um, this podcast. Um, it sucks because I can't find them. Well, my friends and neighbors if you can create your own categories for games so you know you select a game or whatever and you right click on it and you click on set categories and then you can name your own category so what i can do now is i can organize my games based on the episode of the best linux games podcast that they showed up in and that also will help me later on to um Review the games for Steam, you know, for the Steam client and the Steam community and stuff. Just, you know, blah. Or to help me curate, you know, blah, the, the, the curation stuff, you know, that whole function. Or to help me actually find the game that I really want to play because now I can have them all logically organized. And it's, it's so easy. So after you, after you create your own category, um, if you click on 
right underneath library in the search bar at the top of the the um client if you click on uh whatever it says after search like on my machine it says steamOS Linux 256 games games 295 software you know blah then underneath my local on that menu it has my new and noteworthies for episode 25 which I just got done recording and this morning I ended up buying uh, five games and they're all right there. So like if you want, you can also um, categorize games. This is brilliant. This is so cool. Um, especially if you're like me. I mean, I have 295 games on my Steam, which is just insane. I just realized how insane that is. But that's a lot of fucking games. It's a big library. And the Steam client isn't exactly adept at, especially if you have like a favorites list and then, you know, like other lists, it's not exactly adept at, um, cause everything I like to, I like, I try to keep everything as keyboard based as possible. It's not exactly adept at, at a jumping. There's no search. Like if I press D, it'll only take me to the first D or the next D. There you go. If I happen to be on D. So that kind of sucks. But using categories, you can overcome this problem. Okay, now, up next. Well, and finally, I guess, for this episode. Um, I would like, if I may... Oh, actually, we have two other games. Game number two is 99 Waves to Die. W-A-V-E-S. And we're only going to spend a minute and a half on this game. Do not buy or play this game. This game is like Geometry Wars. I got to level 78. My first time playing. I got to level 78. And ostensibly there are only 99 waves. This game is Geometry Wars light for people who want to throw their money away. And it is like getting a drill in your eyeballs. It is not fun the patterns of the enemy generation are simple. The game is not that intense. Go buy Geometry Wars, uh, the newest Geometry Wars, infinitely superior. And this game is obviously a ripoff of that, but it's also a very good ripoff of like the, it, it, it plays like a Geometry Wars before Geometry Wars Retro 2 evolved. It plays like a clone of that beta which was an alpha of a concept sketch it is not worth the money and it will make you fucking crazy um it took an hour to get to level 78 do not play it or if you're looking for something else that's a top down go get beat hazard beat hazard is fabulous and you can uh plug it in with your own music and it is just oh my god it's great it's one of the reasons why i created the radio control room project uh, and www.rfihc. That would be Radio Free I Has the Craft. So, okay, enough of 99 Waves to Die. We got seven minutes left. Let's talk about one of the newest and biggest and best. And oh my God, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Holy shit. One of the biggest releases from this last month has been Pillars of Eternity, which has been a Kickstarter game 
that was uh, a game by Obsidian that was funded through Kickstarter at 77,000 Kickstarter participants. And one of my big beefs with the game, I never used that word in that context until now. But anyway, one of my biggest fucking problems with Pillars of Eternity, even though I bought it the day it came out, um, was that with 77,000 Kickstarter, um, funders, and by virtue of the fact that you're Obsidian, you know, you're, it's not like you're some fucking, you know, these guys fucking built serious games. Um, they, they, they've yet to build a really good one, but anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, but I kid Obsidian. Um, why, let's figure, let's say that Kickstarter campaign, 77,000 people, at $10 a throw, it's, that's almost a million dollars. So figure you have to, you know, just chop off a hundred thousand dollars, you know, right there in terms of like fees or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how these things work. So that's like half a million dollars at least net. Why then would you charge $50 for this game? And then beyond that, why would you have another tier above like the average? Like, ah, yes, I can jump in you know, for 50 bucks, or I can get the deluxe edition, which I don't even know what that gives you, but it's $80. I guess maybe that gives you access to DLC content that they're going to produce later. I don't know, but that's a lot of fucking money. And especially after everyone just kickstarted you. So I went into playing Pillars of Eternity, not that happy. Pillars of Eternity, by the way, is a Baldur's Gate lookalike killer. That's what it's designed, a free designed as a Kickstarter based, Kickstarter built, Baldur's Gate killer. So I went in at, with a very adversarial perspective to this game. I did not want to like it. In fact, because that doesn't make any sense. You have half a million dollars. Why rape everybody? It made me angry. In fact, I really wanted to hate it. Oh, my brothers and only friends. Pillars of Eternity. Oh, and the other thing is, I hate. I hate. Might and magic and fantasy and sorcery and bleh. And I played enough of Baldur's Gate back in the day. Well, my friends, Pillars of Eternity is one of the best games. If, if you're into the isometric, um, deep, 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 and no, it's not skipping deep, 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 not skipping deep. Baldur's Gate-like experience role-playing games where it's an isometric uh, point-and-clicker deep RPG. That was... Wow, that was 15 seconds of deeps. It's, a, it's about worth that. It's worth the $50. It's beautiful. It is so huge... Like, okay, so if you're looking for a game where it takes literally an hour, 
I mean, you know, the first game that I played, like, it took me, you know, five minutes. Because I'm like, ah, yes, 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 fine, 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 fine. If you're looking for a game where it takes an hour for you to really finally craft your character before you even begin, this is your game. If you're looking for a game where the mythologies and the, uh, behind, you know, not just the races, but also the classes, and also like the casts, and then also like the geography is so fucking crazy enormous that you could spend literally um, you know, a game that it jumps to mind is like Skyrim. Um, although I hate Skyrim, although I beat it. Um, Skyrim, one of my favorite things in the Elder Scrolls games or whatever, was finding books and then having to spend like fucking 20 minutes reading the book. If that appeals to you, then this game, you need to go buy this game now. And it is fabulous. It is fucking fabulous. Um, so I created a wizard because I'm a sucker. Cause I like punishment. But, um, first of all, let's just start with this. In terms of your base classes, there are like, 12 base classes. Chanters, wizards, black guard, well, rogues, whatever, paladins, fighters. Um, I'm not looking at it in front of me right now, and I've only seen it really once. Well, only twice, so I can't really tell you. It is humongous. Then, out of that, you get to pick your race, which gives you race benefits. You also get to pick your sex, which has implications in terms of, you know, your interaction with other characters. Then you get to pick, um, like a backstory, like, you know, what, what, what it is that, you know, blah, which gives, which affords added bonuses in terms of, you know, blah. Um, unbelievable. There are wizards, chanters, and there's like a priest, there's priests, all of which are different, all of which use magic in different ways. Um, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. And then as you build up your party, um it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And if you give this game an hour after your after you spend some time creating your character, so we're talking 2 hours into gameplay. Um you will become hopelessly enslaved to the story. Because the way it tells the story, while seeming, while, while it starts off with like a seemingly amateurish kind of sour note, it's full of surprises. The dialogue and the characters, the NPCs and the situations that I've experienced so far are so engrossing that point and click gameplay does not really get better than this. And the combat is so brutal. It's like Wizards of the Coast. I mean, it is hard. Sometimes it's hard to be a wizard. It's always hard to be a wizard. And I knew, I knew it because I'm never a wizard because it's always hard to be a fucking wizard. But I've been having just so much fun um, as my wizard, whose name is Skooky the Blue. <laughs> Skooky the Blue Wizard. Yeah. Well, listen to the big voice chick after the... Anyway... All doubts and hesitations that I've had about uh, Pillars of Eternity have been completely wiped away 
it's a game, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say it's a game for the ages because I haven't beaten it yet. But it is, it is magnificent. Magnificent. You want to lose yourself? You had a bad day? You had a bad day, you just got home? Or like me, you got in a bar fight two days ago? <laughs> anyway, that's, you know, and you get home and you want to, you really want to, you want to forget about everything. You want to lose yourself in another world. This is, this is pretty good. In fact, I would say it's way better than Skyrim. I mean, you know, even though they're entirely different types of games, um, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty special game. Uh, and there's a lot of unique features to it. One of the problems that I have um, is it doesn't really have the greatest uh, interface for combat, which is kind of unfortunate. But once you get used to its idiosyncrasies, um, you find yourself fluidly issuing commands. I have a, I think I have a party of like, fuck. Let me see. Let me think. Just off the top of my head, uh, I got my my chick. I got Scooby the Blue. Um, I got this crazy guy. I got another crazy guy. I got another crazy guy. Okay, so I got like five people, which is a lot to manage. It's you find yourself once you uh, once you adjust yourself adjust your your playstyle to its idiosyncrasies, blah. Um, it's a great game, and the voice acting is actually surprisingly good, and the story. So far, you'll be hard pressed to want to ever turn it off. In fact, I'm, I have to turn off this podcast recording because I gotta go play it. Actually, I gotta go play more Counter Strike Go. But anyway, that, I guess that, that bring, you know, that, that'll do us for, um, this week. Just to review, we did reassembly. We did 99 waves to die. We learned how to group your games. Uh, in, in terms of your Steam client via arbitrary categories that you create, which is so cool, so useful. Now I never have to lose a game. Literally, I, I, when you have 260 games, you lose games. It's like, oh, I really want to play that one game. I think it started with a D and then you go through the D's and there's, it's not in there or you uninstalled the game even. And so it's like not in the right, you know, now you have your own category. You have your own list generation. Oh, so good. And then we did the, uh, we visited with the immaculate Pillars of Eternity. Next week, um, that would be the week after, uh, 2015 of 425, which is what this week's episode 26 is for, where I'm at Linux Fest Northwest. We'll be back to normal. Um, cheers and thanks for listening and, uh, pay attention to the big voice girl. Um, she's going to tell you about my book and other projects and, how to get in touch with us and stuff. And, uh, keep the Linux gaming on, bitches! The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. 
now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.